I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What I need to know from Michelle, or, or from, uh, truly, I'm open to any help here. Is, don't sound so desperate. I mean, even from you, Rachel. <laughs> even from you. Well, when you're here with Michelle, it's like, fuck that, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, it's Rachel Bello. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. Welcome to the Big Payoff Podcast. Today, we're talking about an experience you've had at least a thousand times. So picture this. You are headed to an event of some kind. It's a dinner. It's a party. It's a luncheon. It's some kind of meeting where you may not know everybody. And you have in the pit of your stomach this anxious dread of walking in that room and trying to fix your face and position yourself in a way that doesn't feel either fake or it feels natural and that will mean you're accepted. But you're full of doubt and it feels like death inside. You dread it so much. We are going to help you today with that feeling and make it not only go away, but so that you're running to that event. So this show was tailor-made for me. You know that. This is the story of my life all the time. Every room I walk into, if there's anything other than friends inside who uh, I know. Anything other than me. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, we had this whole thing for years where if we were in a meeting at a, in a group, you'd save me a seat like in high school because yeah. the idea that I'd have to be in that meeting without sitting next to you was terrifying. So... Just two nights ago, I had to see how I'm talking about it. I had to. I was asked to emcee this large event for about 600 people, diplomatic event, lots of bigwigs there. So I was on stage for 45 minutes or so, which a lot of people would dread. They would think about that experience and say to themselves that that I can't do. That was the easy part for me. The worst part was the hour before that, which was the cocktail hour, which when I say my palms sweat, I, I, my heart beats, uh, handling that hour was excruciating. Did you hide in the bathroom? A hundred percent. I hid in the bathroom on several occasions because I could go sort of in and out of the room. I for sure hid in the how, bathroom. How many events have I found you in the bathroom? Yes. 
I have seen I mean, not on the toilet. No, 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 no. Although you might want to be, but I, I, how many times do I see you in that position? And it isn't my particular fear, but I know I've certainly been to lots of events where I'm on the subway or I'm walking going, what would I pay to get out of this? This isn't specific to people like me who consider themselves introverts or have social anxiety. I think there are times when we walk into a Starbucks where there are a bunch of other moms there and you know that you're going to talk about some event at school. It's not necessarily just high pressure social situations or high pressure business meetings. I think so many people have this and you go to the back of, I have all these, you know, ways of getting out of it, right? I go to the back of the room in the corner and I, I text, I do the rounds of the bar Right, even though I don't, you, yeah. you know, not only a do I not really drink, but I mean, I'll wait. I'd rather wait in a long line right. at the bar just to be waiting to get a drink rather than socialize. Well, I'm not going to analyze you now and figure out what that's really about <laughs> because I don't want to bore either myself or our <laughs> listeners. But I, I think you're really right that this is not about a personality type. It's all of us who are wondering who am I going to be in this room, who. Can I be that will be fully accepted? And we're under this illusion that everybody's looking at us. Everybody is, as I walk in the room, the entire room is going, who's that? What's she doing here? You know, and that's, you know, that feeling of awkwardness, anxiety, and dread is what we want to help you with, take away, and give you some concrete advice on how to manage that. And to do that, we're bringing in our guru. Right. Who else? Who? Our guru who helps us over every awkward moment, some of them legal. <laughs> um, Michelle Smith, who's the CEO of Source Financial. And it ain't just financial that she knows about. Oh, she, no. No, because she deals with all day, every day. She deals with largely women. Not large women, largely women. Some, some may be large. Uh, large bank accounts. Yes. Uh, yes. And she helps them stand to their full height. And she gives us a way of seeing things differently and getting us to change things for the better. It's what she really does all day in the guise of money. And But as we all know, money is just like sex. It isn't a real thing. It's just a vehicle for other stuff. So let's get Michelle on the air. So I know that you guys titled this segment, What to Wear? What are you going to wear? And it really just cemented why. Because as you know, I believe there's a price to everything. And there's, there is financial ties to a lot of stuff, but there, there's prices to what we do and how we act, right? You could call it good behavior. But it's how we act and what we do. There can be a cost. And you also know from all of our previous segments that I'm not sure I'm specifically going for how to reverse what I'm doing. It can be too big and overwhelming. So I'm not sure that in order to change this pattern of dread right to owning it, it maybe just what can we do to stop the dread, right? So, so I have a story. Um, I'm doing a client event. I do this annual luncheon every year where – 
I interview somebody great. It's somebody well-known. I invite my clients. I invite guests of theirs. And it's an intimate sort of inside whatever topic it is, very much like what we do here. Mm -hmm. And one of my clients, right, I have a divorced clientele. A lot of them gave up their income earning ability to be moms and great wives and that support that is an economic support, just not with a paycheck and a deposit in an right. account, right? They gave up their income earning ability. And after they get divorced, they're in a void. They're in a social void often. They need to rebuild a community and a tribe. They lost some friends. They're shot. But more important, they often don't feel like they have anything to bring to a conversation, let alone a room full of 50 or 600 or whatever. So a client called me and she said, what's the dress code? Oh, oh boy. Talk yeah. about a code. Code. That question, yes. which men never ask. What do we really mean when we're asking that, Michelle? What you really mean is I don't want to, I want to fit in. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I don't want to stand out in a negative way. Right. I don't want to call my attention to myself in whatever my perception yes. of negative attention is. Then she said, who are you sitting me with? I don't want to be embarrassed around a bunch of high-powered women. Oof. And it actually, if you think about it, this is not her and this situation. This is sometimes my situation. Oh, yeah. If I'm walking into my son's school and I'm not the stay-at-home mom and I feel awkward out of my comfort zone. So, you know... The, we miss out on a lot of potential experiences that could actually be really important for us, whether it's the new job, whether it's a new venture, meeting somebody that can make your next connection, new friends. How often are we taking ourselves out of this game, guys? I I'm raising my hand going, I'm taking myself out of the game all the time. And there's two feelings that I have when you're talking. One is... Wow, I'm in this unconscious fear zone when I'm walking into that room and that what if that weren't there? What would what would what good things would happen to me if that fear wasn't there? That's one thing I'm thinking. And the other thing I'm thinking is, and what am I missing out on when I get into the room because I'm failing to make the connections because I'm so in lockdown around the experience. And Right. We give practical tips. We want to do two things here for this episode. We want to talk about how you can self-talk yourself into getting there. Just show up. And two, whether we're hosting a wedding, a meeting, a conference, a bat mitzvah, a party, how can we, us and the listeners, create an entry where somebody feels comfort safety, and like they're coming in the room already on a moving walkway. Right. Imagine. So, so, so the, I am somebody who actually does not feel anxious walking into a room. And I'm thinking while you guys are talking, why, what is it that I learned to do early that makes me not dread that particular – now, there's, it's for sure there are obvious events that I dread. There's no question. I do dread some events. But it's not so much for the social anxiety. So what is it that I'm doing? And I realize 
my curiosity about other people creates an on-ramp that disarms anybody. That is so true about you. That Henry is so true. Kissinger can sit next to me and I'll go, really? Like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Though, And, and, and just dis, and it's, and I'm using that word deliberately, disarming, right? It makes it safe because they put down their weapons when you are actually wanting to know about their real selves. So if you come into a room knowing that your fear won't lock down your curiosity. You have questions about people. You always do. Ask them. I have to rewind the tape, though, before I can even get there, because that is awesome advice once I'm in the room. What I need to know from Michelle or from – truly, I'm open to any help here – is, don't sound so desperate. I mean, even from you, Rachel. <laughs> even from you. Well, when you're here with Michelle, it's like, fuck that, Michelle. Um, w- what am I telling myself? Are there any mantras? Are there things I can say to myself before I enter the room that would help me set up, set myself up for success on, upon entrance? I think so. I think, first of all, watch your rationalizations to keep you from the event. Oh, oh, God. Do I have to? <laughs> I'm doing it right now for tonight, oh, yeah. an event tonight. Right? I had a whole thing. Let so. Oh, God. Give me, give me that rational. What's one rationalization about tonight? Well, my dress up for rationalization is what I'm going to tell my friends who expect me to be there. And this is tonight. I was like, I had a really late night last night. Not true. And Not true. I dropped we were, you off. Exactly. We were all together. 8.35. Yeah, okay. But I was partying all night then. You were not. You had one glass of wine. <laughs> and you were calling me to talk about work stuff at 9.30. Okay. So. okay. <laughs> all right. So that, But that was what I was going to say. And my rationalization was I've been out pretty much every night. And this is true for the last five nights. I just want one night alone in my apartment, just doing whatever I want, watching the latest episode of Billions. I, I deserve a night alone. There you go. That's my rationalization. Okay. Is there, is there something that could happen tonight that would be of benefit or a use ton, to you? A ton. I, this is going to be the launch of a woman's new podcast series on Audible. Mm. This would be an appropriate time to find some energy for this evening. What what should I wear? <laughs> <laughs> so right? in that case, right? So a trick, a tip, a hack could be, okay, just when you notice that rationalization and you know there's an underlying really good possibility of something happening tonight, oh, just yeah. stop the rationalization. Just say, okay. You're going on a shelf. I'll take you down tomorrow morning after the event, after one really good thing happened, and set your intent that you're always, something's going to happen tonight. You're going to make it happen and push yourself. So as opposed, Suzanne, to you standing in line at the bar when you don't even want the cocktail, right. how about acknowledging to someone else that looks uncom- uncomfortable in the room, um, I really pushed myself to be here to get out of my discomfort zone. How about having an authentic conversation and approaching somebody, something that get out of line, just get out of line. Assuming, by the way, Michelle's assumption here and our assumption for even doing this episode is 
everybody feels this at some point. So there's no way someone would be looking at you like you've got two heads going, huh? Although it's an icebreaker. Okay. It's an, as an icebreaker, I want to get, how do I get to the point where I'm not even waiting in that line where I, I don't even feel that that's my, Mo, listen. I wait. I'm, I, t- I'm asking Michelle. I know. I it. just. I want to. I want to say what Michelle was saying. I want to say one thing that I heard yes. her saying. Yes. I saw a cartoon the other day that was so funny. I may. I don't remember whether I sent it to you. I know. I. I. I uh, saved the image to send to you later. It's a clock, and instead of the numbers on the clock. Every single number was replaced with the word no. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, right. no, no, no. Yeah. Every single time you have a no for this kind of event, just say, here's my rule. Every no becomes a yes so that you don't get in that line. You don't oh, get in that oh, line. You mean if I, I have to stop myself from doing the thing to That's get out it. of it? Don't worry about the replacement <sighs> behavior. Right. Just turn right. it. Guys, this, this is – listen up because this is an important one. We don't know the replacement behavior, and it's not going to be authentic in that moment if you're in such a state of fear that you can't even – you're rationalizing your way out of something. Just stop. Just say, okay, there it is again. Right. There's the fear. I'm going to feel it and walk in the room. Right. There's the no. I'm going to feel gonna it. I'm just going to do yes. And walk in the room. And see what happens. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I am hearing something that I could do. One is, I think you said this earlier, if I could find the one thing, like you said about the event tonight, like, oh, uh, how could things go badly at an event where you're helping somebody launch a podcast? I mean, I would say to you, Rachel, come home, you go hunt and gather and bring home to the tribe one thing from tonight. Come one. on. That's one. What I one. one. If I said to myself Monday night for the event, there are going to be 600 very important people here from all walks of life in the community of in Chicago. Have one meaningful conversation with someone that leads to something. Now, for me, the payoff would likely be a business opportunity because that's the way my mind works. But for other people, it could have been a social encounter also. I mean, God forbid you meet somebody new tonight who you actually like, right? 
But if I could have that in my head, that fine, I may end up having 10 really awkward conversations, but if I have one... Well, so this is interesting because you you guys are actually real time talking me into going to this thing tonight because here's here's the thing. That's that why you, we do these episodes. Yeah. If you slow-mo my feeling, well, as I was walking to meet you guys here, I had decided that I was not going to do this. And here's what if, – if I slow-mo the feeling, it was relief, like, oh, God, I don't have to do this, and a little pit of – self-disgust. I didn't have self-respect, okay? That contamination of the evening is real. It is real. I won't feel good about honoring my fear, okay? If I go tonight, and even if it is awkward and there are awkward moments and I just a crowd and I'm tired, whatever, there will be one thing that I get from. I know there will be one conversation, one moment, something good, and I'll walk away with that feeling of, okay, I face down my fear. I want to ask Michelle in response to that. You were talking, uh, look, I know you to be a very social person. That's my experience of you. Now, we haven't been in a ton of settings together, but even the people you've introduced us to, like Ellen, Lichen, like it just seems like you're somebody who hangs with, with the social crowd. I also know that you've said in the past that you are a sports fanatic, that you are, uh, you know, you're up on, you know, politics and current events. You also are really into, you know, your son's world. I know you to have all those sides of yourself. Does that make it easier for you to enter a room? Can make it easier for you to enter a room. Me? <laughs> I, you love cooking. I do love You to cook. love family. I do. You love holidays. Yes. You love creating experiences. Yes. You, that's five things about Suzanne that I'm pretty sure somebody in a room of 600 shares those. There are sides of ourselves that we take for granted. You aren't just one thing. You can read a room and go, which of my personas can show up tonight. Let's let them all, let my freak flag flag fly, if that's what. Or or pick something that you really enjoyed this week that you did and walk into the room and start the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. To me, that's the easiest thing. Think of something that you really, you walk up to somebody, you're standing next to somebody and you smile. Yeah. And you say, I'm just remembering I had the best thing happen to me this week. Right. And, and it could be maybe a restaurant you whatever. went to, a movie you saw. Or something you just saw today that really struck you. I can't I get can this that. show out yes, of my you mind. Can do that. Yes, yes, I can do that. Uh, one more thing, and, and then I want to switch um, after we take a little break to what Michelle's other excellent question, which is what can all of us do for each other? But before we go there, I just want to say that so last week I had one of these events where – um, the class that I teach or mentor with at Kellogg at the business school was having an outing at a baseball game, which right there, you just the words outing at a baseball game are enough to make me hyperventilate, hyperventilate and say, I can't enjoy myself here because I don't like baseball. I don't like people are going to flip out in Chicago. But I, I don't like the Cubs and I don't like social settings. So what And it was in a suite, so it was going to be, you know, not just watching a game, but I was going to have to schmooze. 
what on earth am I going to talk to people about here? Because they're all going to be into the game and have conversations and want a beer. And I don't want any of that. But I'm realizing the silliness. I'm feeling ashamed about it because the truth is I had something in common with everyone there. If you talked from what you wanted to talk about rather than what do they want to talk about but that also, I don't. The thing I wanted to talk about was the class at Kellogg, right. which is something I actually am passionate about. That they're all in. Yes. <laughs> I'm so stupid. You're just, this you're is, just a silly little This girl. is no different than media training for politicians. They rarely ask, answer the questions asked. Oh, just yeah, three things you they want to say. You go in with three talking points. Donald Trump is decisive. There you go. <laughs> no, wait. This is genius, Michelle. Yes. Three talking Let, points. Three events yes. from your life over the past week. Over I can the past just bring year. up no matter Something what. Something you saw on TV today. Oh, did you see Stephanie Rule's interview of the CEO of Aetna last Friday where he cursed on air and she took him down to the mat with a pointy elbow? You know what I've noticed? That's so good. I've noticed that Donald Trump in the news has become an on-ramp to conversations everywhere. Nobody, yeah. nobody, do, especially in urban areas like New York or Chicago, doesn't want to talk about, can you believe, dot, dot, dot. And people are using it as a way of cracking open a conversation. This is what happened this week in politics that we're all watching. Jimmy Kimmel is saying it. Yep. Jimmy Fallon is saying it. Nothing has given more or better content than politics in the past 18 months. So... The goal here is what can we all do for whatever events we're planning or hosting in order to help people enter a room on a moving walkway? An excellent question to take a break on. We'll be right back. Been studying who I should get to know. And we talk about how to make a difference. We talk about changing this town. Then we talk about which party we all right, before we move on to what we can all do for each other and our, our people in our world where we're walking into an event with them to make them feel more comfortable, let's each just do one takeaway. I have a ton, but I'll just start from what I just heard. For me, the, the biggest relief I felt, my shoulders went down the most when Michelle talked about thinking about it like media training, have three topics already in my head, stories, things from the news, anything I know I'm comfortable talking about and can weave into any conversation, know those before I walk into the room. I can do that. Yeah. And mine is that I approach the evening, this evening, with a job to do. And my job is to get one nugget of gold out of the evening. It can be a moment. It can be an introduction. It can be an insight. But one golden nugget from the evening will make it all worth it. And I've got that as a job. And for me, it's always watch the rationalizations to avoid the discomfort. Yes. Sit right. Stop. Just stop that. Just stop that. If there's potential of this being a really good thing for you to do, let the rationalizations inform you. Okay. I can do that. All right. So how are we going to help others as they approach events that we're hosting, for example? It's interesting. I'm so much better at that role. It's so ironic. Well, it's not ironic. It's because you empathize yes. with that feeling. 
But before I go into, you know, I have a ton of hacks, but Michelle, you must do this all the time for people in pretty high stress situations, I have to imagine. So for my event next week, I had a whole team meeting in my office yesterday and we did four really amazing things. We said, okay, I'm going to send an email tomorrow a week ahead of the event with a clip of somebody I'm interviewing. That's three minutes and really good to get people pumped about this is who we're speaking to next week. And it's going to be awesome. And she's vibrant. And we're going to have an inside intimate conversation. Number two, my, it's the emails coming from me. I'm seating you at a great table. So psyched you're joining us. Can't wait to welcome you. I use those words deliberately. Can't wait to welcome you. Oh, so, that would make me yeah. feel better. I, I'm I'm letting you know your table is safe. And I got your back. I've got you. This is going to be fun. Don't you dare not come because you're <laughs> yeah, scared. Right. Because there's nothing to be scared about. This is going to be awesome. And I've thought about you. Yes. Right? That's and so number huge. three, I we looked at the guest list of 50. I have five team members there. We specifically assigned... 10 guests to one team member, and that team member is responsible the entire event from the minute they get there, walking them to their table for them to put their purses wow, down, watching to make sure their drinks, if their drinks are empty, they go get them another one. They make sure nobody's standing alone. They create social circles, and all of them have their three talking points to start conversation if it's going uneasy. It's great. That is great. It's great. That's great. This is, I'll just give one example of what I do. So I can't even count the number of times I've had this kind of dinner. Someone's in the middle of a life transition and they're totally confused and don't know which way to go. But they have, you know, they've had one career and they're rethinking everything. And they've been one on oneing for the last year and they're talking themselves into a circle. I mean, maybe 15 times I've done this. I'll have a dinner party of people who know this person enough to know who they are and what they're good at, but but not necessarily all intimate. And they definitely may not know one another. So I'll write an event, I'll write an email saying, this dinner is for my friend Sonny Bates. This dinner is for my friend Elizabeth Strutt. And this is what she's wondering this is what and we're all going to surround her and have a great dinner party and talk about what what we can do to help lift her how we can clarify her thoughts and stuff think about the these are the following these are the questions we're going to be talking about at dinner okay so please come when they come to the dinner it's actually and i say this is going to be fun and the the focus isn't on them yes. it's on her and she feels like she's being lifted by a group Meanwhile, I always have my daughter bartend, so I can, right? <laughs> yes. so I can pay attention to the guests. And then it turns out to be an actually organic conversation. But because they were prepared with those questions, it ends up being such a gift to the person that we are honoring. Oh, be a gift to me being invited because my anxiety would be so much less About knowing me. that I had been given an assignment, yeah. which is actually really related to my hack. Because when I host our Sabbath dinners on Friday night... What Rachel said before is absolutely right, which I can empathize with every person coming in the room and into our home probably has one of three bubbles over their head. One is, I've never been to a Shabbat dinner before. Is this going to be really you know, Jewish and am I going to feel awkward, even if you're Jewish? That's one concern. The other is, 
oh, this looks like a really big table. Am I supposed to like, you know, help? Am I supposed to sit? Like, what do I do when I get here? Is this like a dinner party? Am I a guest? Like, that's awkward. And the third is just the immediate moment that they're coming in the door. Do I put my purse down? Do I put my jacket up? All those sort of micro formalities. You know the bubble above my head? What? Oh, this is a Jewish dinner. Is this food going to be inedible? <laughs> and is there, do they right. serve vodka? Right. right. Okay. So David and I have a whole routine. He immediately offers people scotch and wine immediately. I always take their jackets and, and make sure they know where to put the purse because there is this awkward moment. Like, where do I put my purse? It's micro little things. And then I always seat people. Like Michelle said, I always put table cards out. If it's more than eight people, always so that you don't have that awkward moment of where should I sit. And then I assign them a role at dinner that's helpful. Fill the water glasses, keep the wine glasses full, clear the soup plates so that there's not, not only do you avoid the awkward moment of, am I supposed to help? Am I not supposed to help? But you feel like you're part of something versus being a guest, which immediately lowers those barriers. That's great. I want to come. How come I'm never uh, You are so freaking always <laughs> You know, we're so showing up one Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we are. Yeah. Maybe yeah. drunk. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> would Manischewitz. be so great. But I see a pattern here, which is all the, the pattern that I'm seeing here is it's our job with our friends, our our colleagues. And again, I'm, I don't want to make all of this sound as if the stakes are so high, like a dinner party for somebody very well known or a meeting or a luncheon. This, I have these same feelings if it's a meeting at school to plan my yeah. kids, you know, end of year party. Okay. The stakes don't have to be so high. The situation is always the same. Just think about all the times during the week when you are trying to rationalize getting out of some social event, and we've just put in your hands ways of dealing with that. All we need to do is create the ability to enter the room yes. on a moving walkway. Yeah. We've all done it in airports. You see that moving walkway, and it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. I wonder also if we can end the show with this truth, which is when we ask ourselves or somebody else, so what are you wearing? If we can just recognize that that in fact is code for anxiety. Either, who should I be tonight? Who should I be tonight? Who, who is everybody else going to be right? that I need to fit in with? And so answer the real question because it is helpful to know what to wear, but then go to the next step and do one thing to, to let them know that you know that what they're really asking is... How how do I handle what this? should I expect? Tonight? What should I expect? How do I fit in? Yes. Oh, that's good. All right. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. To go, been studying who I should get to know, and we talk about how to make a difference. We talk about changing this town, then we talk about which party we are going to, and how to make an entrance.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.